Hello and welcome to Open All Eyes QPR podcast. We're back with another Zoom edition. As always, maybe come June 21st, I don't know, um, we'll be in a pub doing a, a live podcast. Who knows? We'll have to talk to um, uh, David and, and uh, the Fraser brothers about that one. But we are back with two guests. One of them, I think, back by popular demand after his optimistic speech last week. <laughs> Um, Phil the Optimist, uh, a.k.a. Phil O'Sullivan. Nice to have you back, Phil. Lovely to be back. And uh, it's lovely to be right. Well, we are going to be back in Loftus Road in August, aren't we? And also, I think since your optimistic speech, you know, we've gone on some run. So I think maybe having some positive energy and vibes actually did us some good for once. And the negativity, um, yeah, we need to really lose it, I think. Um, Also joining us today is Kevin McSweeney. Thanks, Kevin, for coming along for the ride. You're welcome, Flo. Good to be back. And, of course, uh, with his cat on his lap is Mr Paul Finney. All right. I I thought you preferred to look at the cat than me. I mean, you're not wrong. Exactly. And it's a bit like that clip with the guy's not a cat and he's speaking the lawyer. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but she, she she doesn't do that. She, she only I have to speak through her agent. But yes, the cat's here and no doubt the dog will make his usual appearance, barking like an idiot halfway through. Oh, but hello. I was gonna say, I know you have a dog as well, so that I got another cat as well, but she's upstairs hiding. She's she doesn't some, like fame. Some chaotic energy in that household, I imagine. Do you know um, what? I'm actually the most calm person in my house. <laughs> Good. Remind me never to come round for dinner then, because yeah. that sounds yeah sounds not very peaceful. Um, some house announcements. Uh, thank you to Nick Wiseman for buying the beers. He says thanks, Nick. thanks to all of you for dedication to the podcast. It's typically far more entertaining than ni- than the ninety minutes on a Saturday, which is probably the case up until the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, thanks a lot, Nick. And also Ross Brooks, the sponsor tonight. In- he was inspired to sponsor an episode to reward you all for your excellent work in supporting the club with both balanced and entertaining views. Maybe all by justifiable that one, but absolute favourite and unforgettable episode when the A-team lineup reviewed the forgettable away game versus Huddersfield. Chris missed the match as he was covering the boxing. Flo was unable to watch it because she was covering AFC Wimbledon. Finney had some <laughs> dubious university taxi duty excuse and David went AWOL as he took a call on the home phone mid pod <laughs> Podcasting gold. Please keep doing your thing. I don't even remember that, but honestly, everything I just do, merges into I- one. I was um, actually dropping my daughter off to university, which apparently is a big thing. I it is a big thing. That is yeah. As a, as a, the as a daughter myself, I can say that <laughs> is a big thing. Well, now um, she can drive herself. I can do the podcast and she can drive herself up there to Dottenham. I don't care. Yeah, I suppose. But the first, you know, it's a memorable time when you do she it. She actually like got... Do you know this? This is true. Sorry, Flo. I'll let you get back to the podcast in a second. She, first, first day she was up there, some guy was talking to her. And she was like, oh, this is nice, QPR. I goes, yeah, I sat at Norwich with your dad and my dad at Norwich. So whoever that was, hello. And my daughter is says, I could go to Nottingham University and someone knows you. It's outrageous. She wasn't happy. Um, also, Kevin, you are one of our patrons as well, which I forgot to mention. So thank you for your support as well. Oh, you know, no, you're most welcome. When I'm, when I'm away somewhere, like 
when last year's South Africa. It's a got it's a great link because it's one thing that keeps you linked to what's going on. Yeah, especially yeah, when, yeah. you know because you've got the games, but you also need the filling that you get from the podcast. And I think now as well with not being able to go to games, it's e- it's even more important because you haven't got that that other Dude, interaction thinking, that you would alongside do, it normally. Oh, there he yeah, goes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely that, because it creates, it's a sense of, there's a reflection, there's a reflection on the games and what's going on. So then it gives you, yeah, it gives you, it's another outlet. Yeah, and I can't, I can't, I cannot wait to be able to get, I mean, I'm not even the pubbiest person in the world. Like, there's people who follow football, go to games and just people who are, are, you know, live and die by the pub. But I can't wait to get back into a pub after or before a game and just have some of that stupid chat, basically, that you, you you don't get anymore. Everything is either exploding on social media or, you know, within the four walls of your, um, where you live. So I think, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait for some of that. Um, do you know where... what I was going to say? Sorry, do you know what I was going to say? That's, that's Snoopy. He, he, he wants to interject at some time as well. Um, do you think, It'll never be the same at football again. Do you guys think that now we've had this season and a half of watching it on a, a laptop, people will, will change their ways at football? I think no. a little bit. But... I, think, I think the complete opposite. I actually think it might do wonders for um, attendances. I think people, you, you, you know, when you sometimes you drag yourself to a Tuesday night game and think, God, why am I bothering going? And I don't. I think that that feeling will be gone for at least a year, two years. I think attendances will be up because people oh, are just ooh. people have just got the wanderlust and they just want to travel. They want to go. They want to go to football. They want to go to theatre. They want to go everywhere. So no, I don't think so, Finny. I think it'd be the opposite. I hope you're I think, right, Phil, the optimist. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is that nothing will ever be taken for granted again. And I think that's the big, that's what following on from Phil says, that you won't be taking advantage. You'll actually look, you'll be looking, like you say, those games that you forget you were at, you'll even be looking forward to them so that you can forget that you were at them. Exactly. You know, and I, I agree with you, Flo. The thought of getting to the pub for three or four pints before walking to the ground, I just cannot wait for that. Cannot wait. What I, if they let us back in the grounds, though, and it, we still happen to have games left at the end of this season, I've already promised myself I'm not going to go because it's bound to be rubbish. It'll be like, you know, the first round of the League Cup with 2,000 people in it or something. Mm. I'm, I'm going to let's go off with a bang in August, first home game of the season. Well, I, I was lucky enough to go when I said I wouldn't go, but then I changed my mind as I often do. I'm not going. And then it went. I'm gonna. Um, um, I've turned my video off on this Zoom because my Wi-Fi is being a bit patchy. But right, okay. okay. No worries. No. Um. I think the thing is about when I, when I went and it was a limited crowd. It was. It was nice to be there, and I was very lucky. But it was. I wouldn't recommend it. It's not the mm, same. It's, it's a different vibe, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, Flo, and you know what? It, it's it's just not right. It's just it feels wrong. You know what I mean? And I didn't enjoy it at all. It's interesting, though, because when I was at Millwall on Saturday, their comms guy was saying he is quite worried about people having found other hobbies during lockdown. And I think there'll be a little, maybe a little bit, or a little small percentage of people that might not return, either because they are worried Mm. about the first few months back into kind of normal life, or they have lost that love of football. But I don't think it's going to be a huge amount. I think there's maybe just a, a, a small effect. But I think... People will also not want to miss out. So if others are going back, they're going to want to, you know, be part of that, and there will be that 
fear of missing out mentality. Whereas at the moment, it's not like you're like, oh God, I better not miss out on that stream in case, you know, like there's not that same sort of anticipation that you would have normally. So it, does, it just doesn't really matter. Um, but anyway, we've got two games to talk about, which is kind of going to be the situation pretty much until the end of the season now because we've got so many fixtures to catch up on. So let's crack on with um, Saturday. QPR 2, Bournemouth 1. Finney, do you want to get us started on your thoughts on that one? Well, that match scared to be Jesus out of me for months. It's one of the matches we were looking at. You're thinking, we are going to get so turned over in this match because of the way they played and everything else. And then, of course, they... And I mean, you'd have, you'd have thought that we would be the ones that would be manager sack and not them. But as it happens, they were the ones that managed sack. And they looked a little bit disjointed, but they still tried to play the way they do. And I thought we looked really well. And the thing is, we're winning matches again, and it's it's a really weird, weird feeling. It's a, you remember why you fell in love with football because towards the, end of the last season and the start of this season, it's it's not a chore, but you know you kind of your loyalty's being kicked to death because of some of the performances were, weren't so good, and it's just nice to see you know Kane's just turned into flipping Roberto Carlos for some strange and ungodly reason, probably because he's always better in a back five. I don't know. But some of the, the way he's playing has been good. Um, Cameron seems to have got over the um, American election and stopped trying to get himself sent off. Um, and it's just looking so much different. I mean, I feel sorry for Dykes. I really do, because it's not working for him at the moment. And he's, he, But he's not hiding, and that's a good thing. And I think against Bournemouth, we showed that we've got a lot of character on that side because we all knew when they scored... I thought that you know the game was going to be a lot more tricky, but we 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 got our arse in the gear and we controlled it. But the the the, the other thing that's really impressive is, I mean, high on earth to be find Dicky. I mean, what a player! I thought oh, he was just immense against outstanding, Bournemouth. outstanding, absolutely brilliant. He's, oh, I mean, he's like he's like Stevie Wicks, isn't he, Phil? Oh, more Rhoda, more Rhoda in that way he carries the ball. I do oh, agree. I think, shall I go about Bournemouth? Bournemouth, I just think it, we've just turned a corner. But actually, mm. you try and be positive about it. But, you know, it's sometimes a bit negative because you just think if they just sorted the recruitment out earlier, I mean, what a difference Johansson has made in the middle of the park. Yeah. He is an absolute class act. I mean, yeah. I absolutely love Don Ball, but Don Ball is a little bit reminiscent of a baby giraffe or something. He's got no control over his legs. He doesn't quite know where anything's going. But I do love him and he puts in a shift. But Johansson has made such a difference. And Charlie Austin has just made a colossal difference. Those two, we've got a spine, we've got a keeper who's awesome. We've got, Johansson's made a difference. And the other thing I've got to say, which you've got to give Warbs his, the benefit on, this switch to a back three, what that's actually done is Cameron is a, is a lost his legs to a certain extent. So he's sitting in the middle of that back three and he's cracking. Dicky is off the scale awesome. What a buy he was. But the other thing is it, it has stopped exposing the fullbacks in defence because of the, there's already three at the back. When we were playing a back four, our lack of fullbacks um, were really exposed. But the other thing I would say is Wallace, it's just had a really cracking couple of games. If you, if you hadn't seen the 10 games that went before it, you'd have thought he was still captain of Glasgow Rangers to use Warbs's line constantly. Um, but I, do, I don't agree with you, Philly, about Kane. I mean, Kane, you know, for some reason, Watford a few weeks ago gave him the run of the pitch and he was OK. But even that Watford game that was live on the telly, 
because I'm so anal about these things because he drives me up the wall. I counted his first six crosses and four out of the first six hit the man right in front of him. I was just shouting at the telly. And then as it happened, he got better as he went on. And yeah, even, that was and that, on Saturday, though, to be fair. It, it, what, the goal? Yeah. It, it was a complete mishit. It was... Oh, well, that, he said, he no, said, he didn't. Pearson over there. He didn't. He hit the ground three feet in front of him and it bounced I, over yeah, the Yeah, I mean, I have to agree with Phil that I don't think his final... The, the quality of his final delivery hasn't changed at all. And I was looking at his stats before we came on to record tonight. And I'm, I'm not the, one of those people who obsesses over stats, but I just thought it was quite interesting that his pass accuracy in our own half is fairly decent. It's kind of over 50%. And then when he steps into the opposition's half, it drops right down um, to something like 30%. So I think it's on the front foot. It's on the kind of in, in the attacking way where Kane really, it just isn't really good enough for the sort of way we want to play. And having two players like Dykes and Austin in, in the box the Kane factor isn't necessarily going to be the most effective thing. I think that issue still remains, but I think it's, it's got better. It's got better Agreed. the last couple of weeks. And why, it's, other, why, I I, why it's got better is because they're the, in the disc system, they're forward that many more times than they were previously. So then the percentage of crosses that are going to be decent is higher because there's more crosses more going in compared yeah. to before. And also, you know, the winner that he scored by hitting the ball three foot in front of him into the ground and bouncing over the keeper. <laughs> the uh, Albert, Albert Adoma. I mean, if you want to see how to cross a ball in, I know he's yeah. not got any legs yeah. left, but I've got a huge amount of time for Uncle Albert as well. What a magnificent ball. Ball under control, mm. paused, mm. looked up. Where am I going to put it? There, there's the winner. And when Willock came on, same thing. It can just deliver a ball into the box. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a major drawback. I think Wallace has played really well for two or three games, but Kane, don't tell me that Kane is playing well because he really isn't. I think the, well, well, what, what was surprising, thing, what was surprising about Bournemouth and a bit like last night was when you see the same team start off after a hard game like Brentford, you're a bit worried that he's doing the McLaren and running people into the ground, and you're a bit worried. You're a bit worried about that. So there's bound to be changes for Saturday this time if we played the guys last night starting off. But it was more of a question of. They found they found a footing through uh, seizing on the opportunity for one nil, and then they found a way at one one. They again found a way back through to again. It's that mm. that they they found they finding a way through when necess, when they're not necessarily create, creating heaps and heaps against teams where they weren't doing it before. Where in games like Bristol City at home, they were playing so well, and they weren't taking their chances. But what, what I'm thinking is, I mean, this is my theory, Phil, Kevin, and Flo. Oh, right? don't forget I, the inner Wumu moment. <laughs> yes, hang on, let's come back to this. Of, um, of Mac Bond. Right. I, I, I think that when Kane's in front of that net the way he was, he's thinking to himself, what would Roberto Carlos do? <laughs> and... He's not Roberto Carlos. Barbe's Roberto Carlos. I also, yeah, I think there's also a conversation that has to be had on Barbe's growth. And one of the stats that flew up last night during the Sky coverage was about the fact that he's got the best rate of what clearances and interceptions yeah, in the team now. 
He and plays I think so we're, well. We're finally seeing what we were promised um, on his arrival about how amazing it is to have a left-sided centre-back is the quality mm. of his final ball. Still yet to see it on the free kicks, um, but he hasn't been on the uh, duty as much recently. But the ball in that he played last night to Dykes and Dykes kind of failed to make most of that opportunity with the lob. But that's the kind of thing that he was brought in to do. You know, he's supposed to be a ball-playing centre-back and feels like we're finally getting a touch of that now in what we've seen. I mean, my main question going forward is the legs factor, um, the mm. age of the team, the number of games we're playing. Do we think that is going to be what brings this run to an end and not necessarily you know, because we come up against better opposition, because in terms of our fixture list, not looking too bad. Do we think it's going to be the legs and it's going to be injuries and fitness that kind of bring this magical run to an end? Well, all teams are the same, Flo. We've all got to play the same games. We've all we've got quite a Yeah, but we're, we're in a different situation because we had games cancelled. So we're on oh, God, no, catch-up but, but, and yeah, we've got I'm... some old men in the side. Yeah, but you know what the best thing for football is? I know, I, I know I'm old myself, I shouldn't be saying this. We're all less, we're all of a certain age. Confidence, winning games is the best cure to all known injuries. You look at the sides where we've been struggling, everyone looks like they're taking a knock, everyone's sort of avoiding, you know, they don't look great, they're putting hamstrings doing this. When you're doing well and you're not losing, everyone wants to play. So I'm hoping if we can keep going, that motivation will take us through. But yeah, knowing Rangers will probably... Will, 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 Probably get enough points and do what we did last season, which is then forget we're the rest of the season, just switch off, which I hope we don't do. I want us to keep going, keep playing like this, keep winning as many games as you can and drawing. I was, you know, I'm not bothered about the draws. As long as we're not getting beat, it gives you something to build on for next season. We probably won't make the playoffs, but it's bloody fun hoping we can. But also, I actually think, Flo, that there's we have got some people that we can bring in now. Whereas mm. if you go back to November, December, we were so thin. Whereas now, I mean, Dykes, bless him, we own him. We spared a seven-figure for him. He was brilliant for Scotland, but he is crying out to be rested. I mean, he's got the first touch of an axe murder at the moment. And, you know, he had two chances last night and just butchered them both, didn't he? So he should be he should possibly be rested. We could bring in Sam Field. I'd love to see Willock get a start. The, um, you know, Bond could get a start. Kelman, I wouldn't mind giving him, him a run. There's all Kelman's sorts of different permutations. And we've got another centre-half, apparently, who played half an hour for the under-23s. This device guy, who I don't know how good he is, but if Cameron needs a rest, you could pop him in the middle of the, of the back think- three. So I see your point, Flo, but, you know, actually the fixtures for the last three or four weeks, we haven't had... Uh, weekend, midweek, week, weekend, midweek. We've had a bit of a, an easier run of it coming into this. But I read on Loft for Words something that there was, uh, Clive said there's something like 12 games in, in 50 days now or something of that ilk. They are going to be exhausted, definitely. I also, I, the, I mean, sorry, Kevin, you jump in. That's right. I think what it is that you can make changes, but you can only make two or three changes to a, to a starting lineup with us. You've got to, you've got to keep eight of them there because otherwise you're making too many changes to people playing together. So I think you definitely will look, you can look at bringing in a Sam Field. And then there is a case for sort of like maybe just switch, as you see with last year, sometimes when you see Hugel put to the bench or Naki Wells put to the bench, maybe put Dykes to the bench. I thought the first one last night, he just needed a bit of air. And then the lob was harder than it looked, I think. 
Yeah, the lob wasn't that first chance was probably the best of the uh, night. A bit of air, a bit of air. That's all it needed. There. But I do think last night, kind of moving on to the Preston game, I thought that was the first signs of us looking a bit leggy, looking like we were chasing the game a bit much. We we never kind of got into our rhythm. We had a good patch, I think, the first sort of ten minutes when it was really open, and when Dykes had those chances, and and Austin had a chance in the first half as well, but. I felt like after that, Preston took control and they didn't really create, you know, they created a lot, but they wasted all those opportunities. They only had three shots on target, but, you know, about 15 or 16 shots of which all of them were, you know, wide. Um, So we never never really needed to be that worried, but I think against a better side that does finish their chances, I think... You know, it could, it could, it's a sign of, I guess, of some tiredness coming into the legs, perhaps some changes that need to happen. But, but um, then you, you can look at this way, Flo, in all seriousness, that we can look on last night and regroup in our minds and take a breath because we have been on some run. When you think only a few months ago we couldn't beat a flipping egg. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, overall, also, the other question has to be, well, would you have taken a point anyway going into oh, this? Without, yeah. without forget, a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Forget away, the run away from the Preston, Preston horizontal run. rain on a bog midweek. That I was the, the most unlikely Rangers point ever, I think, that we'd normally go there and just roll over and have our tummies tickled. I thought that was mm. superb. Yeah, and given our record against Preston as well, obviously beat them at home last season, one of our few clean sheets of the season. But overall away from home, not being a great place for us there. Like you said, crap weather, it's intense fixture list. Um, you know, regardless of the fact that Preston are on a very bad run and low on confidence and we're flying high, I think a point was decent given how much of the ball they had as well. Um, it's just now we don't want to become an opportunity for crap teams like Birmingham, terrible, terrible team, to be able to... You beat us just because we're tired is kind of where I'm going, I think, because no, I we that. should be smashing teams like Birmingham, really. I think, I think it's the, the point on Wednesday looks a good point if we get a win against Birmingham. If we don't oh, get great, a win against Birmingham, then it's like that point doesn't look, look, so, look so good. Although you might have two draws and you've kept the unbeaten run going, it doesn't feel as good. And plus, in some ways, I guess psychologically, once we get over the 50-odd points, then maybe... Warburton to switch it about more and think I don't need to play all those players because we're at this position. Can I ask everyone a question about the Sky coverage last night as well? Because this, this is I watched Sky oh. last night and the gra- the graphic that came up said the best points per game average in 2021 was Man City and second was QPR. As a QPR fan, I'm sure Man City fans see that and think, oh, great, we'll win tonight. As a QPR <laughs> fan, you see that and you think, oh, great, our shed's about to collapse. You just, you, you, <laughs> you know for a fact things are going pear-shaped when that graphic comes up. But, but the director last night, was he was going for replays when there was play breaking and then he'd go for, I don't know, yeah, a shot of Alex Neal with his hat. Yeah, we mi- we missed hat. some good. We nearly missed some good chances. At one point there was a replay and the ball kind of flew across the box, just needed a tap-in and we completely missed it. And I don't, know if you, I don't know if you know, but it was Anthony Gordon's birthday. No, I, know, I missed it. <laughs> I do the weird thing, as, as a man of baldiness at the back, they didn't do Alex Scott any favours or whatever he's called. Um, Alex Neal. You know, Alex, Alex Neal's yeah. Scottish, of course. Do you know, COVID brain. But you know, what? we did win at Preston last year because that was the last away match before um, it all went a bit wrong, wasn't it? And Ezzy scored. Did we win the, we win the last year? 
I yeah, want to ask you, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe talk a little, we, um, Kevin, you mentioned Birmingham and I completely agree with you on, you know, we have to get three points against them based on Wednesday night. I want to ask you guys individually, based on the run now um, and how we're playing, the fitness of the side, all those factors, where would be a, a position that you realistically would want to finish right now, a couple of months out from the end of the season. Kevin, you well, you go first. I think they can fin I think they can finish top ten, but not top seven. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the rip. I mean, I'd say the reality, there's only two spots that are kind of fighting around in the upper air. And look at all the teams in front of us who think they can make them. So I'd say we could finish we could finish from eighth to tenth. And if we finished if we finish eighth to tenth We've done we've done well because we've had a broken season and then it fills you with optimism going into the next season. And we would have broken our chain of getting away from that lower half. I'll, I'll go next. With my fill the optimist hat on, there, there is an argument to say our two games in hand are Rotherham and Wickham. You add six points to our total and then we're only three or four points behind the playoffs. However, I don't think that's even likely. I, I, we finished last season at 13th. I think it was anything above 13th from the run that we had preceding this, having not having a win in 11 games or whatever it was, would be a rip roaring success. And the only other thing I would say with all this talk, talk of playoffs or whatever, we've actually been, I know Amos is out and we lost little Tom Carroll, but we've actually been remarkably lucky with injuries. It only takes with this run that we've now got two games a week for I think it's the next six weeks or something. It only takes us to lose Austin, Johansson, Dickey, um, I don't know, Wallace, who's playing well at the moment. Can you imagine taking those four out as an example and then go to Birmingham um, and how confident you'd be? And you have to stop and think about it as well, because I, I heard Warburton say that they'll get back at three o'clock in the morning after Preston, come in later this afternoon, Thursday, travel Friday, so when that keeps going, they can't all stay fit all the time. So I'm going for mm. about 10th, and I'd be really delighted with 10th. Vinny? It's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because I'm going back to what Phil said earlier on, like the recruitment in the summer was just a bit weird and it didn't really gel and didn't really work. And you feel that if we did, you know, maybe got that recruitment right in the summer, then the way we play at night, plus the ones we brought in in January, we, we'd be flying. Like So that's just life. But you, all you can do is improve year on year in. And top 10 would be amazing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know I keep joking about the playoffs, but stranger things have happened. I'll take the playoffs, but I'd gladly give the promotion players if we do win the playoffs to somebody else because who wants to go back to getting ramped, you know, getting beat week in, week out. And, um, <laughs> we, you know, we don't really want that. So, you know, but what I'd love to do, I'd love to see Brentford miss out just for the hell oh, of it. Oh, so would I. Oh, <laughs> you so know? That would really amuse me. Oh, I mean, I'm, fantastic. I'm, I'm, I know I'm a twisted soul, but it'd, it'd be nice because... But, you know, I speak to some Brentford fans that are friends of mine, but, you know, and one's a good mate and he's, he's saying, but, you know, some of them are like, oh, you know, losing to you wasn't any ba- as bad as losing, it was just the same as losing to Barnsley or whatever. It's like, they'll go on, it hurt a little bit more, didn't it? And they don't like it. And I think those three points could deprive them in the season and throw them in the playoffs would be brilliant. But yeah, anything above 11, and I think we've done well. I just agree with Phil, what could have been if we'd have got a recruitment right at the start of the season oh, would be the question I'm asking myself. If we got our recruitment right at the start of the season, we wouldn't have had the signings in January. We would have had, we might not have true. had only one or two. The reason why January happened is because 
in the summer, it was hit and, hit and miss. Yeah, I mean, I don't think if, if Dykes had been flying uh, up until Christmas, I don't think they would have looked at getting Austin in. They, they were mm. really kind of feeling quite um, worried, I think, about that situation up top. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely take 10th. I think 10th would be a huge, huge achievement on our budget, considering where we were at Christmas, that Boxing Day game against Swansea, when I think most people had kind of lost all hope for our season and were seriously considering getting pulled into a, a serious relegation fight. The run that we've been on is, you know, a kind of unbelievable to be honest it, it I can't believe it's gone on this long and the teams we've beaten along the way and to finally get the win against Brentford as well and I like the idea of the playoff chase because it's just quite funny like Finney said to potentially prevent other teams who probably you know on quality and squad and investment you know deserve to be there but it would be quite funny just to kind of fluke you know, maybe fluke, maybe deservedly work our way into that top six, just to kind of not not have really any ambition of going up at all, but just to kind of like annoy a few people would be quite funny. Um, <laughs> It'd be should host me at, at an epic proportion. Exactly, mm. exactly. Um, so we'll, we'll get cracking on um, ours end and then maybe reflect on the Birmingham game afterwards and what we think might happen. So Finney, and ours right. end from you as... You know, you, you, we know that you like the monologues. So I want to give you plenty of time. Well, I haven't really got one. I mean, I'm kind of in a, in a string zone where I'm just thinking on my feet here. I mean, first of all, I want to send a, a message of um, to my friend, Alan Blue, whose family's having a hard time. And, and he's who I go to matches with and um, he's having a hard time. So Alan and the family are thinking about you, big lads, and hopefully things turn out okay for you. Um, on, on, on the other hand, I'm... You know, looking at Rangers, I'm looking at what we're doing away from the pitch. And, uh, you know, there's so many things that we've done so well. We're, sometimes you lose faith in Rangers and you, you kind of like with the results. And then something happens, some tragedy happens or something happens to a fan. And you you do realise that we are a proper football club and we are a wonderful football club. And I think I'm really proud of the way that the Rangers have acted during the lockdown, looking after people who have lost loved ones and stuff and they've been phoning people up and stuff. And that to me is so important. And, you know, the, the, one of the best signings this club has ever made is bringing Andy Sinton into the club. I think he's been bloody amazing. And um, yeah, I think off the pitch, we, we are, we're okay. We're doing well and we're looking after ourselves and, and what QPR are doing with mental health as well and making sure that everyone's all right is amazing. And I just can't wait. Phil said it the last time. I thought he was flipping over-enthusiastic, more than optimistic. But, you know, now that people are getting the vaccines and stuff that, it will be wonderful. And, we'll, you know, there'll be a few tears because there'll be people who won't make it back to the ground who will be sadly missed. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting back to Loftus Road. And I've never missed anything so much in my whole life as I've missed that ground. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to turn into Phil the optimist on this one because... You know, you need to be working for the Sage Committee, my friend, because you, see, you seem to have nailed it, uh, nailed that one. But yeah, I mean, the sun is out now. Well, not today so much, but this week, the weather is, you know, I think the weather and having those dates to look forward to has just completely changed my outlook, really, on where we might be able to get to, being able to get back into a ground, some kind of light at the end of the tunnel, being able to see people, being able to feel football again and I think it's that feeling like I don't want to sound like some advert for Sky Sports but it is a feeling and 
when I was at Millwall last week and Gary Rout was saying that he he's not enjoying this at all with no fans and the players aren't either. Like it just feels like such a wasted year in some ways because no one's getting to feel anything. Mm-hmm. Obviously had this run and it's been amazing, but it would have been so much special if we'd been there to be able to experience. So I just can't wait to sort of get this out of the way to be able to move on to the the real football, you know, not the kind of virtual reality edition of it. So no, I completely uh, agree. Yeah, and that's that, definitely that. Got, You're not creating just memories. Just got end. Just got one last hours end. I do apologise. <laughs> it wouldn't be me if I didn't run ruin the flow of this wonderful podcast. Um, Billy and Carla Rice, I'm sending you again. Like Alan, um, huge thoughts with you. This they've got a horrible anniversary coming up this week, and um, I just want to let them know we're thinking about them. And um, everyone will know Billy because he used to work for the club, and he's fantastic. And his sister Carla and the dad, massive Rangers fans. So I just want to give them a wee bit of a shout out as well. Let them know what about them. Carry on. I'm definitely done. Right, shall I go? I might say, I've, got, I've got two quick R's ends. You're the only a nice one. I know, but I'm doing a finny. The first one was, <laughs> is from my son Tomo, actually, because we were watching the Preston game and they had six corners. And we, we were having this conversation. Can we, we suddenly, one of the things that we've, we've turned the corner, if you pardon the pun, in the last two months, we can defend a corner. Previously, when anyone got a corner, it was equivalent to them getting a penalty. And they had a corner, oh God, they're going to score. But I never actually thought they were going to score from corners last night. The corner count was six to them, none to us at one point. So that's one thing. We can actually defend a corner, which is magnificent. It does help that Sunny Dien comes and grabs the ball. But the other one, my main one was, did anybody watch Benfica Arsenal the other night? And I've got man love for Adele Tarraps. Oh, my God, that bloke was just off the scale genius. And it was the best time at Rangers watching him play. But I watched Benfica Arsenal and he was playing in a deep lying midfield role. Mm. And he's had all the tricks and flicks coached out of him. And he got the ball and oh, passed no. it, got the, got the ball and passed it. And I was sitting there waiting for him to turn the gunners inside out. And he did almost nothing. And he's lost, oh. he's lost two stone and he was very sensible and he was 31. And I was sitting watching it thinking, oh, thank God we got a Delta rap when he was a maverick genius. It was, you know, it's not something you can lust after now because I don't want them to be a Delta rap that's playing for Benfica. Let's remember him when he was playing for us. He was awesome. Oh, that's, that's my, my two-hour that's my, that's my two sentence. Oh, that sounds awful, Phil. I didn't see it, but, that, but yeah, I read about it. It just doesn't seem right, does it? You know, that he, he's matured into sort of like not being a maverick. I mean, that's, that's like having the best coffee machine in the world and turn them into a teabag. <laughs> oh. Don't like tea, by the way, just saying. Carry on, Flo. No. Kevin, Kevin's ours. Right, I think my I think my shout out would be I think following up from Phil, Phil said earlier is what a huge difference Johansson's made. If you look at that first goal Saturday, Saturday he's pressuring down on them, and it was great. I wonder, I would have loved to know what Steve McLaren would have said when he's if he'd seen that goal because remember last year when he was trying to get our players to do that to play out when they weren't mm. or two years ago play out when they weren't it just they weren't comfortable with it. And you looked mm. at them overplaying and then he's straight on them. But last night, he, you, there were times when, you know, he's carrying the ball forward and that's what we've been missing. But he's carrying the ball forward with confidence. 
So that was a big missing. And actually, being fair, the other one I was going to say, the last 10 minutes against Bournemouth, I know they gave us a lot of space, but, you know, that's where Don Ball really stepped up. Agreed. You know, in that mm. last 10 minutes. And, you know, and like I say, we survived the Illawumu moment that poor old Matt Bond had. <laughs> yeah, that was a call, cool wasn't it? It was, well, I, I don't think that was my language at the time, but... You know, it was just like you you were so desperate to get the points because you knew it was the momentum coming on from Brentford. And apart from that, I would say we're on our best away run from since 2010, the start of that season. So we don't want to blow it now at Birmingham. So it's just and enjoy this because we don't have these times often where we have a settled period. A settled period to us is like a period of other teams going and winning things. <laughs> It's true. Right. Settled, settled right. half you, as a You're not wrong, it? Kevin. You're not wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, Birmingham, one win in eight. Um, I have unfortunately watched them way too many times that anyone should have to endure this season. Truly terrible team. Just so negative and boring to watch and a game that we should win and win comfortably. I personally would like to see Sam Field and Adoma get a start. Um Maybe Macaulay Bond as well and rest Lyndon Dykes. I think it was you, Kevin, mentioning that. I'd like to see a couple of changes. I think it's worth the risk. Um, Birmingham are constantly making changes at the moment because Karanka has no idea what to do. So I don't think it will matter how many we make because they'll just be just as all over the place. And I would like to see a big win because I think at the moment our stats in terms of winning goals by one margin at the moment, we're kind of up there in terms of the rest of the table how many we win by just one margin so I would like to see a really emphatic kind of 3-0 away win personally um Finney I'm just thinking about that it's an interesting point and you but then if you change the team and we lose I mean the worst like listen I'm an old bastard you know that and the worst thing I've hated in life is when you're talking to the way found the way to the ground and they're saying, oh, Jesus, I hate our striker. He hasn't scored in 85 years. And is, and he was awful. And um, we haven't won in 16 games. Oh, Jesus, everything's awful. We're so, And then you, you sort of see their fans coming out at the end of the match going down, like South Africa Road dancing and singing after the first win in 22 games. It fills me with dread. Um, so I would urge everyone not to take anyone lightly, no matter how bad they are, and just get a result, either a point or a win, and just keep not this not losing thing because this is a springboard for next season, clearly. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens after this run, whether um, Warburton gets that contract design or not, because that's still... But is he not a ro- on a rolling contract? That's what he seemed to hint at in his Sean Gallagher interview. Yeah, but that's not stability, though, is it, Kevin? No, but a rolling contract is stability from the point of view that you're not worried about a manager... Uh, being at the end of their contract, which was what we thought was the situation mm. we were coming towards. Okay. He was quite bullish in his interview that he, he seemed to suggest that his contract seemed to be, a, he didn't say it was a rolling, but he's kind of hinted at it. Okay, that's interesting. I mean, who knows? But it'll be good if they make it, make it clear one way or another that we know yes. that it's going to be I, a I also think for, for a club like us with a history of sacking managers, that sort of strategy is... Um, I'm sick of it. To go if you can get it, because he'll be there. He'll be there. Ne- he'll be there next season. He, he's think, got through. He's got through this point where he was going to, you know, that thing where Les Ferdinand and Lee Hughes were standing in the stand after one of the games. That's when he was within an inch of being sacked. I but agree. after this run, he's he's right there. We've, we've turned a corner. The formation, the recruitment, and in answer to your question, Flo, Birmingham, 
I think eventually this run is going to catch up with us and a bit of tiredness, whatever. But I actually don't think it's going to be Birmingham. I think we'll go to Birmingham. He's Wolves has already hinted he's going to make some changes. I don't know whether Sam Field will start, but Dykes will come out, etc., etc. I think we're going to take Birmingham to pieces. They're a terrible size. I hope so. Um, but with my Mystic Meg hat on, I think that we'll, we'll do a job on Birmingham and then the optimism will just disappear through the roof. But I actually think the run will come with a wobble against Barnsley next week. Yeah, and Barnsley are a Barnsley good team. So I would, yeah. I, if, if we're going to lose to anyone, I don't mind losing to a good team. And Barnsley, you know, they play very nice football. They've got some big results this season. They beat Brentford and ended that long unbeaten run. So we can all kind of happily have beaten Brentford together and have a little... Afterwards. So I think I think Birmingham are going to win four one. Jesus, wow! I do love it. I and, love it. And Barnsley, we're going to unfortunately lose two one. Well, you see, I'm thinking that if if we get the dirty goal against Birmingham, I mean, Flo, you know more about these things than I do because you've seen them and stuff. You've seen the body language. It seems to me that the players are in total revolt of the manager, or the other way around. They they don't seem to be a happy house. And so, you yeah, think I mean, I they're... can't believe they've stuck with him for this long on this Neither run. Neither can I. And it just, it's shocking. It, it's been, not even necessarily just the run itself, but across the whole season, they play very bad football. And I guess you know what you're signing up to when you get Karang as the manager because you're getting such a negative <laughs> manager who wants to play very negative football. But when you're not even getting scoring any goals at all to be able to kind of liven things up a bit, they just don't really create anything. Um, I mean, you, you, would, you wouldn't invite him to the party, would you, when, uh, June the 22nd? That's for sure, would you? And ex- <laughs> expect him to go right. well. But <laughs> I think I think prediction is, I think we'll do Birmingham 3-0. And I think, I kind of think it's it's fair to bring Field in, definitely bring Bond in to see what he can do and maybe bring Dykes on the side off. And Albert, give him a good 45 minutes to see what he can do as well and open up the, the Birmingham defence with his passing and stuff. So, yeah, and get Charlie back scoring goals again. So, yeah. Um, Kevin, your Birmingham yeah. prediction. Two, I'll go for 2 0. I'll go for 2 0. Isn't it nice that we're not looking at the relegation end of the table and we're not really bothered what Wickham and Rotherham and that are doing? Oh, it's, it's great to look at the table without trepidation. Oh, this is what and to, think, and, and to think And to think when you get back in the ground, it will be playing championship football. That is tremendous. And on that point, it's, isn't it amazing? These Wolves should be congratulated for this. There's a brilliant team spirit. Some of the teams that we've played have, have reminded me, Watford and Bournemouth, these big star names, their premiership sides, you know, the cancer that is these kind of entitled Premier League footballers who just wander around taking these 40 grand a week contracts. I thought that they smacked of what we looked like a few years ago with some of the people just phoning in performances and taking big salaries. Whereas we look like a really hungry team with a cracking team spirit. And, you know, I think that's why we undid Watford and why we undid Bournemouth, because we just wanted it more than them and had a better game plan. Well, I'm still trying to get my head around the fact that Bournemouth sacked the manager because they feel the rightful place in the Premier League. Jesus. Kevin, in answer to your question, the man in charge, uh, the CEO at Barnsley, he's got an MLS background. So American, oh, right. okay. American soccer background, but Billy yep. Bean is involved there with some Chinese I thought investors. he was. I thought yeah, he was. So. But uh, what I was going to say, but, but even when we were on a bad one, you knew we had the good bunch of players from the fact that there's no one that's really lazy. There's no one that's a big time, big time person there. So you knew that they got 
a good there are a good group of person personalities from that point of view it because you were never sort of like slacking them off for the fact because you knew they were trying it was just that their confidence was low and things weren't going for them yep yeah exactly i think and you know we've turned we've turned a corner and i think it's uh all the more to look forward to um with that, on that note, as a very optimistic podcast. And you know what, Flo, before we end the podcast, isn't it nice we've turned the corner and haven't gone straight into a brick bloody wall? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Those sorts of nil-nils, those sorts of nil-nils in Preston definitely show growth, no matter how, you know, turgid at times the game may have been. Um, so, yeah, thanks, um, as always, for listening, everyone. And I'm sure we'll be back next week to talk about another yeah two games back to back to back to back at the moment and um thanks to phil for his optimism always bringing positivity to the party thank you kevin uh for your patronism is that is that or patronism is that a word yeah yeah there you go definitely um and thanks to finney for you, the thing that you bring as well. <laughs> I bring, I, today I brought the cat and the dog. Wonderful. And uh, yeah, see you next week. See ya. Thanks, guys. Right. See ya. Bye bye. Keep me up. Keep me up.